0: Uh, man, uh, we've been in this teaching series straight out of uh, John's gospel, the fourth gospel, and, uh, and today we're going to get to this verse that, that I'm sure you all know. It's verse 6 of chapter 14. It's, it's, a, it's a verse that's like loved and held onto, but let me set the stage for you a little bit. John is kind of broken into, into really two books. The first book is called the book of signs, and the second book is the book of glory, and we're right here in this transition Through the beginning of John and the book of signs, Jesus is doing not miracles, but sign after sign after sign, revealing bits and pieces of the truth of who he is. Each sign exposes a little bit more, but each time he does a sign and people respond, Jesus has this thing in the first, he says it again and again in the first 13 chapters of John. He says, my time has not come yet. Like, like, it's just not time for me. It's not my time yet. My time hasn't come. And even sometimes he'll, he'll just disappear. or will be hidden from them. But right in chapter 13, there begins to be a shift. We shift from the book of signs into the book of glory. Even the text shifts in really dramatic ways. Jesus isn't going for to, the, for the next few weeks, there aren't going to be any more signs. And you'll notice a change in Jesus' language. In chapter 13, verse 1, here's what Jesus said. He says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come. His hour had come to leave this world and return to the Father. And he had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth. And now he loved them to the very end. If you skip to the end of chapter 13, you see this again. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said to them, the time has come. The time's come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. And God will be glorified because of him. The time has come. I know maybe it's hard to, it's hard to conceptualize, but, but like these last chapters, really, this last half of John, are really just a few days in Jesus' life he is having it, uh, his last supper, right? He's gathering around friends around him because Jesus knows he's on death row, right? He sees what's about to come. He says, the time has finally come. And he's, it's a way of saying like the job that I've been sent here to do, I'm about to do. And the book of glory begins. It's time for the grand unveiling. It's time for the curtain to drop and reveal the truth of God's plan for salvation of the world. Amen. I love uh, in verse 33 of chapter 13, Jesus says, Dear children, I'll be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. In chapters 13 through 17, the, Jesus speaks again and again about this future, about this place he's going. It's, it is, in a lot of ways, the final farewell of a dying person. The text in John really changes in these last few chapters to this kind of farewell address. It's this sense of, of impending, there's something big coming. There's this big thing that's coming, and Jesus is not going to leave anything unsaid. He gathers his disciples, those that he loves closest to him, like you would if you knew your last day was coming. You'd gather them and you would tell them everything. You would pour your love and what was left of you into them, leaving nothing unspoken. So this is a little bit unsettling for Jesus' disciples, it's unsettling for those who who love him. They're concerned and they're confused. In verse 36, uh, Peter says, Lord, where are you going? And he wants an address, right? You know, like, wait, 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 where are you going? Just tell us, we'll come with you. You know, there's this moment of, okay, they're, they're not fully getting it. And I love uh, Jesus' response in chapter 14, the first five verses, Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. You know the way to where I am going. Then Thomas speaks up. You guys know who Thomas is? Thomas is that that kid in class that always raises his hand. You know what I'm saying? Like the bell's about to ring, everybody's about to get out, and ev- you know there's an unwritten rule of don't say a thing. <laughs> but Thomas doesn't know this rule, right? Like you see Thomas speak a couple of different times, and John really prolifically at the end, and we're gonna get there. Thomas can't keep it. Keep your mouth shut. Um, Jesus says, hey, don't let your heart be troubled. Just trust in me. There's room for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you in my Father's house. When it's ready, I'll come to you. And then Jesus says, you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas raises his hand. I don't know the way to where you're going, right? Like, that's literally, no, we don't. We have no idea where you're going. How can we know the way? Like, I want to I wanna give you just a, like, maybe you have some doubt about Thomas. Like, I, I know it's, it's a normal thing. But I want to give, give Thomas some respect here. Um, like, what to respect about Thomas is that Thomas never shies away. Um, Thomas is not afraid to speak up. Um, do you see this in Thomas? Do you see that like he's not one just to, to get up and get swept along with the crowd, right? Do you see that in him? Like, I, I mean, and I think this is kind of a, a, an admirable thing. Like, like he doesn't keep his doubts or questions bottled up. He is, he's the mouthpiece, I think, for everyone who has ever doubted. And, and I think for that reason, and, and maybe there's more there, but I think for that reason, we should give Thomas some respect. Because when have there been moments when we should have spe- spoken up about some doubt or some fear or some concern and we didn't? Thomas doesn't have that, that ability. If it's in there, he's going to want to know, he's going to want to put it out there. And even though Jesus tells him blank, point blank, you know the way, Thomas says, I don't know the way. Was I absent that day? And Thomas's question opens the door for one of Jesus' most well known and beloved statements. It comes in chapter 14, verse 6. You already know it. Jesus says, in light of, he says, you know the way. Thomas says, I don't know the way. Jesus says, let me clarify this for you. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come. To the Father, except through me. This is one of the great I am statements of Jesus. Uh, Throughout the Gospels, he says, You know, I am the Messiah. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate and the good shepherd. I am the resurrection. Next week, we're going to talk about the I am that is the true vine. But there is a deeper part of this that the Jewish people would have instantly picked up on. They would have instantly heard and recognized there is a weight to this statement that, that maybe we didn't catch. And it comes from Exodus chapter 3. Maybe you remember uh, this guy named Moses, and he's, he's standing before a burning bush. Do you remember the scene? It's holy ground, so he's told to take off his shoes, and he stands before this bush. And this bush actually has a job for him to do, if you remember. Uh, Moses, with a speech impediment, is called to go and be the mouthpiece of God. And Moses talks to the bush in the same way kind of Thomas does. And Moses says to the bush, like, hey, how am I, who am I supposed to tell them has sent me? Like, like who, who is sending this? I can't just say, well, this burning bush told me. Like, I need to tell them who gave me this message. And do you remember what it says in Exodus chapter 3? A voice simply says, I am who I am. Tell them the I am sent you. Some of you know it as the great I am. Every Jew around Jesus would have recognized as soon as he said I am, their thoughts would immediately jump back to the great I am. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I want to talk about those three things just for a minute. Just just dig a little bit deeper. Hopefully open you up to some, some new truths that are there. Uh, but I want to talk about them in reverse order. So I want to talk about the life. Then I'm going to talk about the truth. Then I'm going to talk about the way. Does that confuse you too much? Okay, probably. But it's okay. We're doing it anyway. Uh, let's talk about the life. Who wants less life? Just go ahead and raise your hand. You want less life? Uh, in uh, in the text in scripture, uh, life really shows up in two different Greek words. Uh, there's there's the word bios and the word zoe, and and so I want to talk about this a little bit different. Um, Sometimes when it talks about life, it uses the word BIOS. BIOS is like uh your biography, you know, it's your biology, it's your it's a record or account of how we lived our life. BIOS is is the physical life. It's it's the breath that you take, it's how we we live and move. And there are lots of things that remind us of our BIOS, right? Um uh I went to lunch a, a couple of weeks ago with a Vermoss family. I'm not going to look at them. Um So uh they went to McDonald's. They 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 got a few kids and so like we were hanging out at McDonald's and the kids were running around going crazy and uh, uh one of their their kids came up to me uh named Andrew. And uh I love Andrew, sweet kid. And Andrew just kind of like he he just kind of slid his arm around me kind of like this, right? And uh, he said, hey, look at that. Look at the door over there. Look at the door. And okay, okay. so we turned and we looked at the door and there was a family coming, walking in the door of McDonald's, right? And there were some kids and there was a mom and then there was a dad and the dad just happened like me, happened to be bald. And Andrew, out of the corner of his eye, looked at me and said, is that your brother? <laughs> That's your brother, isn't it? And just like today, that joke killed, man. Like, I mean, like, and then it spread. Like, where are more of Adam's brothers? Let's find all of them. Uh, you know, being bald is a reminder of my bios, right? Um, we have reminders of our bio sometimes, right? They're uncomfortable reminders sometimes of maybe you have no hair, or maybe your hair is changing color. Um, in BIOS life, things start to sag where they didn't before. In your BIOS life, gravity starts to win all over the place. I just turned 41. And, and like, kids are the worst one about pointing out your BIOS. Have you noticed this? Like, like, they got zero filter. Like, I I turned 41, so I don't know if anyone younger than me, like, like, did you know that ear hair is a real thing? Like, this is a real thing. Like, I didn't i didn't know this was a thing, but there's something about your bios that's that's important for you to know that like like your bios life is 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 a moment in time. Your bios life is a specific duration. Uh, every one of you, your bios has a beginning, and your bios has an end. Your bios is a period of earthly life. and when jesus says... I am the way, the truth, and the life. He doesn't use bios. He uses Zoe. Because Zoe is this whole different idea about life. It is, it is all life in the universe, both physical and spiritual. It comes from and is sustained by God. And the thing about Zoe, the thing that makes Zoe different from bios is that Zoe is life without end. Zoe does not operate in time or in space. It made me kind of think about, have you got those friends that are your friends no matter how far away they are or how long it's been since you've seen them? Have you, do you have those friends? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's been 10 years since we sat down and had lunch together, but when you sit down, you're just back. You're right back in that space. Like, like your friendship is immune to time and space. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's Zoe. That's the life. That Jesus offers life without end, eternal life, life even without limit. My favorite verse in the whole Bible, John 10, 10, Jesus said, I have come so that you may have zoe and have zoe to the full. Life to the full. That's what Jesus offers. So Jesus is the life, but Jesus is also the truth. Uh, And and when I say Jesus is the truth, it is to say that Jesus doesn't just say true things, although he definitely speaks the truth. It's more than that. Uh, We can maybe occasionally get the truth right or speak the truth, but never, even my six-year-old occasionally gets the truth right. Like, it it has happened. Um, But never has there been one who can act out the truth perfectly. Are you with me? Like, if we may say the truth, be able to speak the truth, but, but never has there been one of us who can live out the truth, fully embody the truth. That is never until Jesus. If you fast forward a little bit in John's Gospel to chapter 18, Jesus stands before Pilate, who is supposed to be the judge. And remember what Pilate asked Jesus. What is truth? Pilate has the wrong phrasing there he should have asked who is truth you see Jesus is the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth so help me I have a friend who's a uh, she's a marriage and family therapist a counselor man just does amazing work and as a part of her work sometimes she trains other counselors and other therapists you know she's been um, she's kind of their their overseer guiding them and helping them learn this craft of of therapy and counseling and uh she had this student that that was working under her that was just constantly like like her the, the clients would come into a counseling session and then they would storm out angry like their first session like she couldn't ever get any return clients like they would never come back and she was Looking at this student, like, okay, what's going on here? What, what is happening here? What's, what's happening? And uh, finally, she, she kind of clued into. All right, so this student was from a country in Africa that's known for being like incredibly and uncomfortably direct and blunt. Like, uh, there, I know this is weird, but there are places in the world where it's just a cultural norm to speak your mind. Uh, you know, like, uh, it, it's, it's just the way life is done and i don't want to offend anybody because i don't know where you're from but i thought when she was telling me this story i thought she was talking about nigeria and and i was like okay yeah i've I've been there i don't remember that specifically and so i looked up nigeria to see if like hey are nigerians like incredibly like blunt and like brute kind of brutally honest is that who they are and Apparently, it's not, because the first, like, 12 articles I read were, like, how, like, lying is a national pastime in Nigeria. So, anyway, if you're from Nigeria, I apologize. Prove all of that, all of that wrong. But I just thought that was so fascinating of, like, okay, here's a person that's so blunt. Like, they can't even, people can't even hear it. Like, they're leaving. And see, I I think, and maybe in our culture, like, we just prefer more political correctness, Right? We don't want to offend anyone. Um, I was turned on to a children's book. Uh, in fact, I think it's sitting in my office. I meant to bring it in here. Uh, this children's book is, uh, I think it's called Dragons Exist. And there's this little boy in this book, and uh, he uh, he tells his mom, he says, Mom, there's there's a little dragon on my bed. And the mom's like, no, no, no. And the dragon grows. Little. But Mom, there's there's a dragon, like, filling my room. And the mom's, no, 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 no. Finally, there's a dragon in the house. The dragon is filling the ho- whole house. And the dad comes, no, 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 there's no dragons. Like, like I think that's the danger of political correctness, right? Like, and, and, I, and I think that's really the value of truth like like when when we don't speak the truth when we don't live out the truth like like we just feed a monster it just keeps growing and growing and growing and sooner or later it will devour you this is a this is an obvious statement but uh in our world in our culture in our city we show us again. And Jesus says, have you been with me this whole time? If you've seen me, you have seen him. You see, Jesus says, I am the only way to the Father. And what he gives is is not a road or not a street or not a path it's not like i-65 the way to god the way to holiness is a person Uh, maybe you didn't know this uh uh, this is one of my favorite things about uh, early early christianity is that before Christians were ever called Christians, or Christ-likey, Christ-follower, before they were ever called Christians, did you know that they were simply referred to as followers of the way? Which I just think is way cooler. Read Acts. Again and again in Acts, like you, you see this language, the way is is used widely. Paul even identifies himself to the governor as I'm a follower of the way. And why is that important? The way is not an address. We're called to be followers of the way. It's important because the way, just like the truth and the life, the way is a person. Uh, go ahead and show that, that next image. How many of you remember these? You remember what this is? All right, so these were called, these are road atlases, and usually they're like this big and like this wide, and I know like this is going to be hard for some of you to imagine, but used to, once upon a time, about 100 years ago, when you needed to get some place in your car, you had to have one of these. Sometimes you had one, one for like different states, Right? And I know, like, and they print them out really big, but it doesn't matter when you open it. It was still tiny. Like, and so you had to have, like, a navigate, you know, you open it up, and it takes your whole dash of your car. So you had to have somebody, and they're all rolled up, and, you know, I'm missing a page. I spilled coffee on this, you know, like, but if you wanted to know the way, this is what you had to have. And so as best I can remember, once these went away, then we got this. All right, how many of you remember this? When the, when the Internet became a thing, there was this thing called MapQuest. You're like, oh, this is so much better. When you know you were going somewhere, I mean, you still kept your road atlas. I mean, you did, just in case. Uh, because at least the road atlas showed more than one way. MapQuest only showed you the way. And if you got off the way, right, like you were lost. And this was back in the day, like wha- when you printed these out, I love that this like image that I got had a need ink add at the top because, right, didn't this take up like two cartridges of ink every time you printed this thing out? And it had like this crazy specific markers in point three miles, you know, like. but like here was a different directions to the way, a start and a right turn on Elm, and now you're going to Commerce, right? Like, some of us, of us live through this generation. Like like now we have a, a Siri or a Garmin or how many of your, your cars talk to you? Your cars tell you the way? Uh, I, I'm just going to confess something right now. Like I have a crush on British Siri. Man, that voice is just like, that has nothing to do with today. I just I just need to confess that. But now you have a phone or you have a device like something that's there's a problem with all of them, right? What's the problem with all of them? You still get lost. I think it's it was at, uh, uh, I would never speak bad of Apple products ever, but like when Apple Maps or, or Mac Maps came out, like they were horrible. Like you'd end up in Cairo. Like, I mean, it was not even close. Better than a Road Atlas and better than MapQuest and even better than Siri is, is what? someone in the car with you who's actually been there right this is still the best option and that's what jesus says that's exactly what he says he said i'm not here to just give you directions i'm not just going to scribble it down for Scene. Remember, this is the, Jesus is on death row. This is his final message. Men, make sure and hold on to these things. And what you see is Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And if you skip down all the way just to the, the part in yellow, he simply says, I have given you a way. Do as I have done for you. And what is the way of Jesus? What is the example of Jesus in washing feet? Serve others and finally in uh, chapter 13 verses 34 and 35 you know this jesus says so now i'm giving you a new commandment love each other just as i've loved you you should love each other and your love for one another will prove to the world that you are followers just a minute we're going to have a time of uh, communion and response and <clears throat> we've got tables set up around the room maybe maybe this is a little bit different from you or a different tradition from you but we just think this is sacred space and uh, we encourage you to to take the elements of of jesus death his burial and his resurrection uh, but it, it's a reflective space for you to meditate and think for yourself ask some deep questions ask some probing questions and uh, just before I send you there, I want to send you with, with a few a few things. Um, maybe you are sitting there listening to me talking talk about truth and life and the way and, and maybe you are sitting there thinking, man, how arrogant How arrogant is this guy just to talk stand up here and talk to us about the way. Like, like, what makes this way so special? What makes your way better than any other way? And if you're here, I welcome your Thomas comments. I hope you know that you're welcome here. Like, like we, we value that. We think that's important. But what I would encourage you and what I would encourage anyone who claims to be a follower of the way is, is to not talk about the way unless you've actually been down the way. Because we need men and women who have walked the way, found real life on the way. What I would tell you is the reason I'm a Christian, the reason I I get to do what I do and love to do what I do, is because I believe, like, like, the life that Jesus offers is the best life imaginable. I think the way of Jesus is the best way. I really do. I really do. Now, I haven't tried all the ways. I I don't know if I ever could, but I've tried a lot of them. And of all of the ways to, and all of the things in this world that claim to have life, and claim to be truth, and claim to be the way, there is only one that has ever stood up to the test, and that is Jesus Christ. So, what I would tell you of all the ways I've tried, nothing comes close to Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And what I would encourage you maybe this morning is to don't take my word for it, but walk it for yourself. I would not tell you that the way of Jesus is the easiest way. I would not tell you it's the safest way. I would not tell you that it is the most convenient way. but maybe we we've, we've been on the wrong